SED. Missy D. She's so talented, you know. Mm -hmm. Episode three, people. I mean, I know it's, it's gone so fast, hasn't it? I mean, who knew I'd even make it to episode three? And you know what? The, the, the funniest thing is I have listeners and not just listeners in one country. Oh, my God. Uh, there's uh, listeners in uh, obviously the biggest <laughs> listenership at the moment is in the United Kingdom of obvious reasons because I live in the United Kingdom. And apparently I have a fan base in England. Just in case you didn't listen to episode one, go back and listen to who I am and it will explain my illustrious career in radio, darling radio. Yes, I'm an ex-radio presenter, broadcaster, if you want to use the, the posh word, been in radio a long, long time. So obviously I've got a fan base in England. So thank you to all you English people, British people people that are listening to me and sharing the love oh my god i am getting messages left right and center we got a big audience in the united states of america howdy going out to america uh, you do know half american right i've told you this before i hold an american passport it's legal it's not illegal <laughs> i did not marry in a mexican to get the passport <laughs> no i have an american passport i proudly display it on my bedroom wall <laughs> would i go and live in america i can hear you ask me uh no I love America because it's very beautiful. It's not as fake as Dubai. I'm sorry, Dubai people. I'm sorry, all you Asian people in England that love to go to Dubai. And you come back and go, oh my God, I went to Dubai for my holiday. I went eight star and 10 star and 12 star. And I paid £7,000 at my ass uh, to go to Dubai, which is man-made and fake. I mean, Americans can be fake too. <gasps> Did I just say that? It's true. I mean... Yeah, it's, I mean, hello, every time you walk into a shop. Hey, ma'am, how are you? Have a nice day, ma'am. Can I help you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Americans love to say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they do, but I've never had a liking for Dubai. Sorry, no disrespect to all people that live in Dubai or go to Dubai or love Dubai. It's just fake shit. It's just a place for people to go to show off that I've gone to a rich country. Hello. They made it. I went once. The Atlantis and the Palms, they weren't even there. I went to the Gold Souk and I went to the Desert Safari and I puked up because the man said to me, don't have lunch, Missy. I had lunch. We went on these uh, these uh, big uh, safari cars and he went up and down the dunes. Up, up, down, up, down, up, down. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, even the foreigners were laughing at me. <laughs> they weren't British. And I was like, open the door. And I, and I the man is going, oh, look, madam, madam, look at the beautiful sunset in Dubai. I'm like, shut the fuck up and <laughs> get him out of my face. By the time I got to the camels and the um, the shishas and stuff, I was like, okay. I was like, oh, shisha, I have some, I feel good. What really baffles me about shisha, right? I know I'm going off on one. I'm going off on a tangent again, but this is, look, you've got to get used to me, Missy D 2.0, along with, don't forget, Re2D 2.0, she's right next to me. That's my, I, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, so I got to um, the, the shisha. In those days, I used to do quite a lot of shisha. But did you know, just in case you didn't know, that smoking shisha is equivalent to, I mean, I'm making this, this shit up, a lot of cigarettes. I mean, let's say averagely 50 to 60 cigarettes versus a fag. 
a cigarette, uh, as what you would call in America. But yeah, I mean, and what baffles me more is this, how non-smokers smoke shisha. Yeah, I mean, I understand that a smoker would have shisha because they, they can smoke. Non-smokers, how the, do they do the shisha? Anyway, why did I talk start talking about that? I have no idea. Welcome to episode three. I am Missy D 2.0. Here, Hazir Hu. You will be seeing a bit of Punjabi, Hindi, Urdu, and obviously loads of English uh, in the show because that's my, uh, I would call my mother tongue because my mother speaks English with her tongue. <laughs> Although she's born in Punjab, but she did come to England in the um, 60s, late 60s, got married, went to Warwick University, got herself a degree, got into teaching, was one of the first actually Asian uh, Indian uh, teachers in in schools in the in the UK and stuff. So I'll maybe, actually not maybe, I am going to get my mum on uh, to a show one day and quite a few other guests. They're all kind of lining up. I'm making a nice little army of guests and we'll interslice it with Missy D rambles <laughs> on the journal of Missy D 2.0. Anyway, how are you? You've been good? I've been having a lot of response to the show and the response so far has been really, really positive. I'm really surprised still that people even listen to me. Honestly, I'm like, I'm just sitting here doing my own therapy. And today I think I'm going to do a bit of therapy as well, actually. I'll tell you, uh, mm, yeah, more about that. Uh, should I tell you now or should I tell you later? Might as well just tell you now. Yeah, I'm not going to cry on this one uh, because I think I've just done my therapy myself. But I wanted to go through some stuff. As you know, I have a lung disease, right? And uh, It's called hypersensitivity pneumonitis. It started in 2015. And in a nutshell, and rather than boring you for 40 minutes on my disease, what's the point, right? 2015, um, I basically couldn't breathe when I went out for my birthday. I think I've told you this on, on another show. Anyway, I couldn't breathe. And everyone was like, oh my God, Missy, what's your problem? You can't breathe. Uh, you got asthma, you got this, you got that. I had a fever that night. I ended up going to Bikram Yoga, came back from Bikram Yoga. And after Bikram Yoga, I got into more of a fever. Then it ended up, I think, having bloods taken and stuff like that. Get called to the hospital a couple of weeks later and said, you had some kind of infection and uh, you'll be fine. After that, things started to go downhill where more and more I couldn't breathe. I thought maybe, you know, I'm getting too fat. Lose a bit of weight. <laughs> Lose a bit of weight. But you do though, right? You know, when you put on that bit of fat, you put on like a couple of kgs and you think, oh my God, my jeans are like digging into my dead, into my stomach. And uh, my gut is really tight. <laughs> Gachi meaning my underwear. And uh, you start to kind of pant a bit because you're unfit, right? So I thought maybe it might have been fat all my life, really. But I mean, I thought, well, <laughs> I am a stand-up comedian. I am funny. <laughs> I've told you this before. I'm a wannabe stand-up comedian. We'll talk about that in just a bit, right? So yeah, the... um. I thought, well, that's probably it. So no, lo and behold, it kept getting worse. I was trying to mow the lawn one day and I couldn't breathe so badly that my lips turned blue because my oxygen levels were so down. Then I went to Windsor one, I think it was one Easter actually, with my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Bubby. Bubby is my brother, cousin brother's uh, wife and her name is TJ. And we went with her to my sister's place in Windsor. And it became a kind of a point where I couldn't breathe. And so I ended up in back in Coventry, just about made made it back. And then I ended up in A&E. A&E, <laughs> clearly remember, I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I just come, thought I'd come and check myself because I, be, I feel a bit wobbly. She's like, girl, you are burning up like a turkey. You ain't going nowhere. I was like, what? So they admitted me into the hospital. I, I'm, I'm the kind of girl, right, that has never, ever been ill in all of my entire life. I've always used to walk around proudly going, I've got such a great immune system. I've never been ill, never had a flu, never had a cough, never had nothing, no, nothing, nothing. Like, nothing. Nothing. Honestly, I was so fit. And yeah, in all, 
in all aspects. At that point, I didn't think I was fit, but now I do think I was fit. Yeah. So they admitted me into the hospital. They basically had laid me there for a whole week. And this stupid doctor, she just wouldn't come. And I was like, on day seven, listen, darling, I've been on weekend number one. I'm on weekend number two. It's Monday. I need to see a doctor. I've got to go to work. Work was primary school teaching at that point, but that's another another story. So anyway, doctor came and just because I'd uh, I kicked up a fuss and she was like, right, you've got this thing called hypersensitivity pneumonitis. Yeah, man, that's what she said. Not COPD. I was like, what the hell is that? She didn't really explain anything. She goes, take this medicine. I'll see you in clinic in a few weeks. Um, She then put me on something called prednisolone, which takes down inflammation of the lungs. Obviously, at that point, I didn't know what I was taking. But it comes out that later on that you take this prednisolone normally, maximum two weeks, you kind of take a maximum dose of like 40 milligrams and then you kind of taper down. So you take 30, then 20, then 10, then five, then four, then three, then two, then one. Yeah, they do them in one increments past the five point, right? Look, bear in mind, I had to take these for two weeks. I took them for two years. No one stopped me taking this prednisolone. They kept giving me more and more and more. And this woman kept cancelling my appointments in the hospital. Okay, so I just want to kind of give you a picture. I think I want to just get it over and done. Get rid of this illness bullshit that everyone is like really intrigued with with Missy D, what's wrong with you? Okay, so that happened. And then uh, as I uh, took more and more of this prednisolone, I started having other more problems. So that caused steroid induced diabetes it caused me very high blood pressure i've never had blood pressure in my bloody life honestly i mean diabetes where did that come from but it was steroid induced because this medicine caused that i had swollen ankles i had edema i was then on oxygen because my oxygen levels uh, because of the two years of being on prednisolone and no one really investigating my lungs that scarred my lungs okay they call it ground glass something 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 and now they call it ild intestinal lung disease so i went from pillar to post pillar to post um i'm getting moon face so with these steroids you get a thing called moon face and bless my family i'd seen some pictures during that time of being so ill on those steroids i look like a freaking umpa lumpa umpa lumpa umpa lumpa doombi dee do yeah I'm, honestly this is what you call a real human right beautiful humans my family and friends are just actually the other day i said to my mate because don't you remember when we went to that ping pong in um london and i, I looked at the pictures and i looked awful like a big fat blob and i was on the steroids and they was like yeah you were but we'd you know you were you, we just accept you uh, for who you are. So anyway, yeah, so I was, I was on these uh, steroids and things progressively got worse to the point where I was now with the Birmingham Chest Clinic. Saw him, he t- sent me for some scans. He was like, your lungs are not, not looking good. You need to go to Papworth Hospital, which is in Cambridge. And we need to talk about lung transplant. So on lung transplant list, I go there and there go and go lose 20 kgs. I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. I'm on oxygen. Are you crazy? How am I supposed to lose 20 kgs? Anyway, long story short, I'm still on the uh, lung transplant list at the moment. I'm on oxygen, but much less than what I used to be. And this is a very shorthand story for you, okay? In between that, let's just say I've seen about four NHS consultants. I've seen five private consultants. And out of all these consultants, around three of them, in their own ways, in fact, one directly told me you, you are just literally going to die because he just went, oh, looking very bad, very bad. You have to go and uh, talk to the lung transplant clinic. Uh, not too much time, blah, blah. He wouldn't, really wouldn't tell me much where I kind of sat outside. Uh, this was an eating hospital, I think, actually. Sat outside um, the lifts. I clearly remember it. Crying my eyes out. And then thinking, Jesus Christ, I've been crying for 20 minutes. Not one mofo, not one person from the general pub- public stopped and said, excuse me, madam, are you okay? You're sitting there. Your whole t-shirt's wet with tears. Are you okay? I mean, that's humanity for you, isn't it? I mean, you've got some good humans, but then there's some other humans that just don't give a shit about other humans. Maybe I'm just too much of a caring human. Who cares? Who knows? 
And then a couple of other consultants have kind of pointed to the fact that, you know, uh, if I don't wear my oxygen all the time, then my my uh, organs will fail. And if my organs fail, I will go into cardiac arrest and I'm going to die. I've been told um, if I have general anaesthetic, I'm going to die. Once time you're going to go to coma. If I go to coma, I'm going to die. <laughs> so can you imagine? Um, yeah. I have been told I'm going to die quite a few times. I've seen every man and their dog from Chinese herbalist to Ayurvedic to naturopath uh, to any anyone, anyone that does the natural stuff. The babas, the bubas, the people in between, the healers, the, you know, the spirit healers, this, that and the other healers. No one did jack shit. OK, so um, I then at one point decided that these people are making me worse. The only thing they could offer me was a double lung transplant. And you can only have that if you're end of life. Otherwise, they've they've, test, they've tested me and said, right, you can have a double lung transplant, but we need to find a donor for you. When the donor comes up, you need to literally be here at the hospital. And you can only have that lung transplant if you literally can't breathe and you're going to die. That's the only time we'll give it to you. So in the meantime, we're just going to keep you happy. So every six months you come here to Papworth Hospital and we go, hi, bye. Thanks for driving two and a half hours this way and two and a half hours that way, Missy. All the way from Coventry to Cambridge, Cambridge to Coventry. It's okay. I wanted a day out. Not. Yeah. So anyway, I'm still on their list and they've then offered me this medicine. I don't know what it's called, which will then cause I'm like, what's the repercussions of this one then? Because every medicine, let me tell you for free, has a repercussion. Every medicine is a plaster. Every medicine, people, is is poison. Trust me. Trust me on this one. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I've been through the whole field of medicine to know that doctors really don't know much. They they follow protocol. OK, medicines are just plasters to plaster something else that causes something else. Then you get the other plaster to mask that one that then causes that one. And then you've got another plaster. By the end of it, you've got about 10 plasters. So they were giving me this other medicine going, oh, this one can kind of slow down your scarring. And I'm like, well, my scarring is not really getting better or worse. So why would I want to take that medicine? So they said, well, you know, it could cause skin cancer, but that's OK, right? Exchange the lungs for the skin cancer. No, thank you. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. You can have that. Thank you very much. I don't want it. What happened is after that, I did my investigations on the uh, lung transplant and it's an average, really. And, and my doctor confirmed it this last week. I just went to the Birmingham Chest Clinic and he went through it thoroughly. I was like, listen, doc, doctor, he's lovely. Professor Birch, his name is. And he's a very old man. I remember he reminds me of Father Christmas. And I said, listen, he said, are you still on the lung transplant? I was like, yes, I'm still on that list, mate. But what's the point of me going every six months and wasting my time? <sighs> he said, you should be on the, the, the transplant list because you just never know you might need it. But I was like, I'd rather just die naturally than have the lung transplant because... The thing is, Professor, I've read that on the Googly. Yes, the Google. I do. I mean, I don't just Googly. I do a lot of research on research papers and stuff. And it, it, it basically, if you have a lung transplant, right? And so the average lifespan of, of living is five years. Because uh, if you have a lung transplant, the lungs are the biggest organs in the body. So basically, if the, the body gets new lungs, it tries to always reject your lungs. So in order to stop that, they put you back on this prednisolone shit and they put you on loads of other medicines to stabilise your lungs. So your body doesn't reject your lungs, which then can cause dialysis, kidney failure, liver, liver failure, jaundice, different types of cancers, all types of crap. 40 different cocktails, a cocktail of 40 medicines is what you take. Yeah, exactly. Would you? Exactly. You wouldn't. So I was like, don't want that either. He goes, the average is one year. Some people live two years. Your, your park average is five. Some people could live 10. But I was like, ultimately, mate, you're going to die in it. <laughs> He's like, that is true. But sometimes 
There is that one that lives the 20 years. I'm like, do the end it. But that's Punjabi for like, leave it out, mate. I would rather just die of natural causes. So after all that drama of all the people in the medical field screwing me over and literally just throwing me on the side, just going, do you know what, Missy, have these medicines <clears throat> and we'll check you every six months. Now the only medicines I take are blood pressure tablets. Don't ask me why I got, I do know why I got the blood pressure because in between I had complications of a, call, a thing called adenomyosis. Adenomyosis and monorachia is bleeding. Um, they're not periods. It's when I gush blood yeah, from the womenly parts. And it's not very nice at all. Okay. So I had to um, deal with that. And when I lost the blood, most women lose a couple of t teaspoons a day. I would lose up to 500, 600 milliliters a day in big, big, huge clots. I know, sorry, men, if you're listening, it's just natural and nature. And I'm sorry if I've just put you off your, your Costa coffee there. <laughs> Look, mate, um, like I told you, this is the Journal of Missy D. I talk about me and I allow people on this show who talk about me <laughs> and talk about themselves as well. But um, we're just going to be graphic and we're going to be real. This is about being real. I have been shut up all of my life. And <laughs> my sister, Anu, is probably going to be listening to this going, oh, Missy, you're just too much. But she knows that, you know, I have been shut up all my life. I've been like shushed all of my life. I've been stopped talking all my life. And I think that's a lot of the cause of my lung disease as well, which we'll go through in a bit, right? So I have no qualms in talking the truth, in talking about my feelings, about talking about my life and about talking about why, you know, uh, I'm sitting here today. Because I'm sitting here today, not because of anyone really helped me in, in the medical field. It's because I stood up to help myself. If I hadn't stood up to help myself around, what are we, 2023 now, about 2017, so it started 2015, 17, so 18, my math is about 18, 19, 20, six years ago. About five, six years ago, I decided enough is enough. Screw you all. Because it was cause unknown, cure unknown. Missy, we've tried everything for you. Come back for your breathing test. Come back for your yearly lung scan. And if you want the medicines, they're here. Otherwise, there's nothing we can do for you. When the situation got worse, I started having blood transfusions because I was losing a lot of blood. They were upping up my oxygen all the time. They put me on home oxygen last year. Well, I thought it was game over. I could not. <clears throat> By the end of last year, October, November, actually before that, um, sorry, around July, August, July, I went on holiday to Sandbanks, which was amazing. <clears throat> then August, things kind of went downhill uh, where I started bleeding so profusely that my blood count went so down that I had to have a blood transfusion. In fact, when I went was admitted into A&E, my, uh, my veins were so flat and there was no blood flowing through them. I kid you not, the woman poked me 20 times all over, screaming my head off. And she was like, darling, I can't find any blood. I can't find anything. In, there's nothing in your veins. So I had the uh, blood transplant and nobody could stop my blood. So I went on to this thing called Prostrap, where it, it, it's kind of started to stabilise a little bit. But that left me for almost dead, honestly. Things became even more difficult. Brain fog, chronic fatigue. Having a shower was so hard. Putting my kachi on, my knickers on, was was a feat in itself. I felt like a 90-year-old old woman. Um, I'd cry all day. Everything was dark. It was, oh, I'm doing it again, aren't I? Uh, yeah, it was a, a bit of a dark place. Um, but all the way through that, I had my mom and my sister, um, the ones, well, my mom lived with me. I lived with my mom and, uh, and my sister, Anu, and, uh, they just literally pull, pull me up from the collar and, um, go, there's nothing wrong with you. Stand up and walk to the toilet. I was like, I can't do it. Crawling on my hands and knees. Stand up, go to the fucking toilet. 
and uh, make me a cake. I'm like, piss off. I'm going to make you a cake. But now my baby sister, she does admit that the reason she did that was to try and make out as if there was nothing wrong with me. Because if you, 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 you downward spiral and everything's negative and negative and negative, you literally are dead. Trust me. So I went through a dark, 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 dark hole where then I had to pick myself up. Right. And uh, and then I thought, right, I've got to heal myself. So I started heal- healing myself um, with um, I started the dumping, which I told you the American cousin. I did the change your life, which is ch- life on anti-inflammatory foods. I did um, exercising. So I started to exercise with a lot of oxygen, uh, but that I was better on oxygen then than I was just recently. But I'm now much better because I'm doing the Cornelius Christopher, a coherence healing. I'm doing tapping um, and I've got some ninjas. And I keep mentioning these ninjas and I'm going to get these ninjas on the Journal of Missy D. I've just, I've asked one, she's happy to do it. Going to ask the other one. And uh, I was surrounded by these ninjas and they have been doing a ta- talking and tapping therapy with me, which is the EFT. Okay. What time are we on? <laughs> I think I'm going to become quite famous of, of <laughs> thinking, what time have I got here? Uh, <laughs> I want to try and, uh, you know, don't go over the time. So yeah, I did, I did therapy and stuff and, um, tapping and talking. I do manifestations. I do meditations with Cornelius Christopher. I read a bucket loads of um, scientific papers, uh, of books, namby-pamby shit, all sorts of things, everything that and anything where you can make your life better. Missy D has tried, Missy D 2.0 by the way, is trying her best to make things better. I came from a very, very dark place. And today sitting here, do you know what? After a lot of the therapy that I've been doing, I feel like I am doing great. Why did I call this uh, podcast Wounded? Well, going back to this morning, I think I mentioned it earlier on. And I'm pretty proud of myself that this morning I woke up and I felt pretty wounded because in all this sort of like last six months or so, I started (coughs) the new route of uh, uh, healing and that was EFT. Now, uh, during the EFT journey I met someone this person became a good friend okay um and this person then became someone that basically allowed me to be myself I for many years probably more than over a decade about 15 16 years closed myself up because I had been wounded and hurt by a lot of people a by being in in media and radio and be by trusting people that weren't in radio media but were friends but um, it just felt like they weren't very very sincere once I'd left all that behind me I very closed up into a black hole and I was very proud to call myself a people hater like a human hater I hated humans I just felt that every human was gonna screw you over I don't know if you resonate with that but um I just decided to block everyone out of my life and no matter no matter anyone that tried to be my friend I was like no not interested and I just walked the other way or I'd humor them and kind of uh, allow them to kind of think they were my friend and uh, my techniques were just kind of go yeah yeah hi 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 and and all of a sudden they just kind of fizzle out and dis- disappear so and the only person I had was my, my one friend Daljit who I call Jits who's my best friend of 20 years and uh, Monday just gone last Monday we celebrated 20 years of friendship. But she went to school with me. So I've known of her since I was 11. But I DJ'd at her brother's 21st birthday. And he just turned 41 last Monday. So she was like, oh my God, Missy, 20 years solid friendship going on here. Which for me is uh, an amazing feat to have achieved. <laughs> uh, and Delja is an amazing person, very balanced, has always been there for me. We've had ups and downs, more ups than downs, about three downs. In those three downs, it's been really flipping ugly, man. 
but we, we got through it. I think you can hear a bit of whistling, whistling from my chest today, can't you? But it's okay. If you hear whistles, it's my chest whistling. I have good days and bad days. I'm, I'm you know, I'm still on the oxygen, but I don't do the oxygen with the show because if I did, it would sound like this. Hold on. If I put the oxygen on, hold on. That's the on button. And then it go like this. Look. Can you hear the shh? Then hold on. Yeah, so it's on a uh, conserver, I think they call it, Oxy Oximo. So, yeah, I don't do it without oxygen. I do it without oxygen. In fact, I'm okay to speak without oxygen, but for some reason today, I am, a, well, I, like I said, I had a really shit morning this morning. So, yeah, so <clears throat> but I surprised myself. So I had this friend and uh, for the first time in like 15 years, I had been uh, toing and froing with this person since November of last year. And it was really a really nice kind of friendship. But then, oh, um. I decided to trust this person and let down my guards, which I've never done for 15 years. And I thought, you know what, Missy, because you are healing and you have to be brave and you have to let people in. I mean, I'm, I'm nowadays going, I want to go and find my new tribe because I had an old tribe and obviously I haven't spoken to them for many, many years. Long story. Um, so I wanted to find my new tribe and I thought, OK, this 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 person is cool. Um, let me kind of trust them and trust me. So I did. And... Uh, this morning, it became quite apparent that I had, uh, how can I put this? This person hadn't done anything particularly wrong, but I had had to deal with them with the way they wanted to be, which changed every sort of like month. And then I'd kind of seen four to five sides of this person in five months and it wasn't, it was okay. But then just on Saturday, just gone, uh, they, they changed again. I'm like, what the... <laughs> is going on here and I just thought oh, can't do this I really really can't do this and I felt oh just so open like why the fuck did you do that Missy why did you allow that person to come into your life when you know you were so guarded and why if you just want to let people into your life then why didn't you just not let them in your life why did you let that person in and I was like well you know because I just wanted to see uh if I had changed maybe maybe it's something to do with me I don't know maybe in one way I wanted to see if I could handle friendships apart from Delgit <laughs> no one can handle Delgit apart from me <laughs> Delgit I love you if you're listening <laughs> she's gonna kill me <laughs> No, but I have a beautiful relationship with uh, Delgit. So other than that, I was always scaredy, scaredy catty. Don't let anyone in, Missy. I was fucking Iron Maiden. I was Thatcher, you know, don't fuck with Missy. So five months down the road of having this friendship, um, which I really, really actually enjoyed. But I swear every month it was like, who are you now? And now you've changed to this person. And now you've become this person. Now, what is this situation? Now, what is this? And poor old Missy, me, I was exactly the same. I wasn't changing faces and changing the way I am and the changing like, OK, so now we have to do this. Now this is going to be like this and this is going to be like this. So by the by Saturday, I was like, what? I can't cope with this anymore because it's another. Now, basically what it was, this person was fighting or is fighting right now uh, with uh, trying to find themselves right in, in, in a different capacity. And they wanted to be this certain kind of person. And I was kind of getting in the way. But I was also helping this person to understand certain things in life. And I'm so fucking open. It's ridiculous. I don't know if you're like that uh, because I oh, most of my life have been told to shut up and 
just shut up and sit down and don't talk about anything because it's not good. Girls don't do that, right? And it's always good to just kind of keep your troubles to yourself and, you know, don't talk about certain situations or certain people or your family or your friends because it's not the, the way to do it. Then I came across a word called authenticity, which basically means you're happy to just be your authentic self. So I thought, do you know what? At one point in my life, when I was ill, I thought, do you know what? If you're going to bloody die, if you're going to pop off tomorrow because you're going to choke yourself to death because you've got no oxygen in your lungs and, you know, you can't, you got such bad brain fog and stuff and you beg this uh, higher being, because I don't even believe in God, to kill you every single bloody day. Why not just be honest and open and truthful, which I have mostly to my baby sister, because we are wowing ourselves with our conversations in the last year or so going, oh my God, did you just say that to me? I mean, just the other day. <laughs> We were pissing ourselves laughing about a certain thing. She's like, haven't you? I was like, shut your face. What's it to you? <laughs> oh, I love it a bit. It's me. me and her name is Anu. <laughs> oh, dear. Hold on. Just get, let me get some water. <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. Sorry if you can hear the squeaking in the lungs. They do sometimes often squeak uh, when I sleep on my left or if I'm tired. And today I was I, I wasn't tired. I felt like I'd been uh, cut open by a sword. Yeah. Um, and just left bare in the middle of an ocean somewhere. And then someone comes along and they get lots of salt. There's some salt missing just in case the wounds never hurt. So I was a bit, I was very, very wounded this morning and very kind of confused as to A, what this person is about, why they were the way they were, and then Point seven hundred. Why the hell, Missy, did you go down that fucking route when you said 15 flipping years ago you weren't going to do this shit? And what did you do? You did exactly the same. But then you said you would change, Missy. But then you said you've done all this healing, Missy. I'm telling you, this healing lark is not easy. You don't just say, I'm going to go and heal myself and everything gets healed. It doesn't. Trust me on this one. I've been trying to heal for six years and I have gone to an, got to an amazing place today. I am off my home oxygen. I'm on no medication apart from blood pressure tablets. I do take oxygen on my back in a cylinder, not in my back, but on my back pack. And that's normally for exertion. So when I'm walking uh, to Tesco's or taking the dog for a walk or whatever, my oxygen drops, I take the oxygen. Before I couldn't even go to my toilet or even stand up from the sofa to go to the next sofa without oxygen. I can do that now. I can do this whole podcast. Um, okay, I'm squeaking a little bit, but I can do the podcast. So I've made, made massive, massive improvements. But the healing journey is a very, very hard one. And I invite you to join me with your healing stories. So if you are healing, and I'd love to know what kind of modalities uh, you are using. I love saying modalities because this place where I learned my EFT from, a lot of the, the clientele were from uh, India and stuff. And uh, I, I love the way the Indians talk. Yeah. I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> modalities, yeah. <laughs> so please email um, the journal of Missy D at gmail.com. By the way, I'm going to get a woman on, hopefully, inshallah, um, who had a divorce party for herself in England. Uh, I've just talked to a friend of a friend and she said, my God, Missy, she'd be great for your show. I'm like, get her run, darling. So we're going to talk about that. But yeah, so why am I talking about this? Because I wanted to kind of, I'm I'm so bloody wounded about this friend because I thought, you know, I put all my eggs in your flipping basket, mate. I did everything to be authentic with you. And the point that the way it kind of crashed was like, this person wants to go on a different path in their life. And Missy was holding them back because Missy was being was being too real and uh, for them. And they did not want to go down the route of 
what they call idle chatter and <laughs> yeah and I idle chatter all day long because it floats my boat so I was literally wounded this morning thinking what the fuck now I can't believe I just did that I wasted five months I didn't really waste it but you know the very long point I was trying to get to is thanks to my ninjas who are phenomenal phenomenal they're going to get them on the show okay who who do talking and tapping therapy with me and thanks to all the healing not just the EFT stuff that I've done since September of last year but the the, the dumping that I've done with Opinda in Hawaii who'll be coming on the show as well and all the 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 journaling the dumping the manifesting the well I I did I did I did do uh, meditations and stuff but I, I've kind of uh, kind of given given up on that one um because long story but let, let's just not go into that so manif- the um the meditations I haven't even got to but I need to get back into meditating uh, maybe learn a different uh, modality of uh, meditating because I was taught a particular one and uh, because I think it's got connotations now or relations with this person that I met five months ago uh, I don't think I want to do that kind of meditation anymore I'll have to just learn my own kind of meditation but meditation is good I do the envelopes I do the kabar bartis which is <laughs> in and out your nose you know and then the when you do the the thing whole the whole um in your stomach thing um I don't do yoga I need to start yoga oh my god I bloody one of this yoga thing, uh, which I found on some advert somewhere. I've never been sucked in by adverts, but it was on YouTube. I said, if you would like an Indian tutor for yoga one to one, then please get onto the app because it's free. Free my bloody foot. My foot. <laughs> Straight away. Bing. As soon as I got onto this bloody app, man. Oh, Missy D. Would you like to do the one to one sessions? It's only $98 a month. Yeah. Shut up. You told me it was free. <sighs> Honestly. So yeah, I'm going to start yoga. I used to do love Bikram yoga. I love Bikram. I loved Bikram yoga when I was a healthy person. Well, I'm going to be healthy very soon as well. I'm almost healthy. You've just got to get there. Yeah. So Bikram yoga. I need to start walking and walking my dog a lot more. And I need to get back into the weights because I bloody love weights. I really, really do. So this uh, this podcast is is getting really, really long. So the, the, I think the final point I really wanted to make was this. Um, thanks to the healing. Thanks to the healing. This morning I was... Uh, able to push through the pain of being cut open like I'd been literally got someone got a sword cut my chest open chop my head off cut my throat chakra (laughs) because they were like you must not speak like this again missy I'm like but that's the way I speak oh but no you need to be more controlled oh you need to have a bit more restraint not everybody can speak like you and be authentic like you why are you speaking so openly because that's what I promised myself to do. Um, but I'm not judging you, Missy. But don't talk like that, Missy. And I will control you, Missy. Get stuffed. No way. That's not going to happen. So, yeah. The point I'm trying to make is thanks to all of my things I've learned, even from Amy Sher, amazing book. What's it right here? It's called. You can. What is it? Where is it? Where's my Amy Sher book? Oh, God, someone stole. Oh, I think my sister's stolen it. The piece of beep. Oh, it was right there. I'm sure she's. Now I'm going to have to call her after this show. Huh. Uh, anyone can heal themselves or something like that. I don't know. It's for Amy Sher. And in there, um, she does a really amazing thing, a releasing thing. So, you know, if you're feeling some kind of emotion, you just go releasing, 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 letting go, letting go, letting go. So today my heart felt it was like literally falling at my chest 
onto the floor. And I picked up my heart and I was like releasing, 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 releasing all the pain, releasing all the hurt, letting go of any sadness because I didn't want any of those emotions to ruin my 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 healing because I've worked fucking hard to heal myself. And this person comes along and I'm feeling like I, I'm wounded again. And I was so scared that I was going to um, screw my healing over. So I'm there going... I'm doing the tapping, healing, 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 releasing, 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 letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go. And the best one was the tantrum trap. Where well, there's tantrum tra- tapping, where you can uh, kind of like beat your chest like your Tarzan. Ah! And uh, kind of like you do it really loud and you tap, tap, tap. Don't, don't, don't tap on your chest so much because it starts to bruise after. But if you want to, you can, but really just tap lightly. Uh, and then you got the screaming therapy that I do. And I got in my car. I drove and I drove and I drove with loud music. And this is what I did. Turn the volume down. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if this is in your, in your ear. I'll get back a bit, right? But you literally take all your might and you go. Aah! And I swear to God, it makes you feel absolutely fucking amazing. I not did it once. I did it 10 times loud. And if I couldn't speak, I mean, I screamed in the car so no one could hear me. But sometimes when you just want to scream and you don't want anyone to hear. So you get something like a, a, a pillow or a, like a, I've got a hoodie right now. And I'll just go. <laughs> and it makes you feel fucking amazing. I swear to God. So if I didn't have those tools, um, I would have probably cried myself. For the next six months going, you fucking thick shit, Missy. Why the hell did you let someone else into your life? Why, why, why? Why did you? I'm so fucking annoyed. I'm so annoyed at myself that I did that. But me being a nice person, I never say no. And this person approached me five months ago and goes, Missy, like, you know, do you want some healing? Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then it went down this whole rabbit hole of, it was a nice friendship. It really was. But it was just this person that I had to kind of keep going with their flow. And so, you know, there's Missy 2.0. This person was version number five. We were on version five now. We'd had version one, two, three. And this is version five. And, um... I'm like, this is just wrong. You can't just like keep changing yourself. Missy is here and this is still 2.0 going on. I'm the same Missy that you met five months ago, but you keep going through these bloody um, whole different phases every freaking four months. This is too much to cope with. And they were like, well, this is what I have to do, which on my part, I think is very selfish of them. But um, that's up to them. I mean, I told them what I thought and they still came back going, oh, we can still be friends. I'm like, no, can't be friends with someone that's going to keep changing. You know, can't keep like a chameleon. I mean, I only want to be friends with people that just stay the same person that I met five months ago, not the sixth person or the 20th person of that one person. So, you know, God bless them. And I really do hope uh, they find their their path and they find where they want to go in life. But what I wanted to, to conclude with was that healing is amazing. And I'm so glad, I think I've said this before as well, that I became ill and and I was introduced to the world of healing and there's so many modalities that you can go through. So many people that do so many different things with healing and uh, I've still got loads to learn, but I'm not the one to be wanting to be the practitioner. I've been told time and time again, oh, Missy, you should become a practitioner. You're so, so good. Oh God, I'm squeaking quite a lot, aren't I? Or can you hear it? I don't know. I can hear it. Hold on. No, it's not. <laughs> Sorry for the <laughs> the free panting there, boys. <laughs> So um, let's just say, I mean, at the end of the day, you're human, right? I mean, you get wounded. 
just wanted to kind of make the point that when I used to get wounded back in the day, from the days of getting hurt in radio, from the days of getting hurt by friends, colleagues and all that kind of stuff, I would hurt for a long time. I would simmer in it. I'd steam in it. I would be hurt in it. I'd be dark in it. I'd cry in it. And it would add to my depression. And I think that a lot of that kind of added towards my illness um, of not letting go. But having gone through the ninjas, I love my ninjas. <laughs> Honestly, I love them to bits. And going through all the healing and going through all the different modalities that I've picked up. And Cornelius Christopher, flipping neck, that man is good. Love that man, seriously. I know you think I'm obsessed. I do him every, every night. And just the other day, I was bored my eyes out, literally cried like a bloody baby. 30 minutes nonstop. I don't even know why. But the release, the release of crying, the release of acceptance that, you know, you are able to face your issues. The release of being able to speak your truth, which this person was trying to clamp me down with because there was like, oh, you know, you need to be a little bit careful about how you say things because people could take offence, get lost. I've offended people. I mean, sorry, people have offended me all my life and I have been so guarded all my life. But right now I'm happy to bring all my guards down to ground zero and say exactly what I want. It might not sit with well, with a lot of you people out there, because you might think, do you know what, Missy, maybe you should you know, just hold back a little bit. Why? Tell me what, who made these rules up? Why should I? As long as I'm not being a, a complete bitch to someone or putting them down, right? You know, being really a complete cow to them and disrespect, disrespecting them. There's nothing wrong with being myself. And if I like to swear or if I like to be a little bit over the top and a bit crass, I don't think anyone has the right to tell me not to do that. Do you know what I'm saying? I was very proud of myself that I screamed it out. I tapped it out. I wrote it out um, and uh, done some manifestations as well. And before I go, actually, actually, I know this is a long one. And this is this is the fault of who is this the fault of? I'll tell you exactly who's the fault of, because she's a, a, an avid listener of the podcast. And she was like, Missy, can't you make these longer? Uh, hold on a minute. Her name is um, where is it? Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. There you go. Arti. Arti Chugger. Arti has been messaging recently going, Missy, I love your shows. Used to listen to you and they need to be longer. And I'm like, no, that's enough. And she's like, no, please make them longer. And so um, I'm trying not to make this long, but I, I want promised myself today that I wanted to talk about being wounded and to kind of show you that if I hadn't done the healing work, oh man, I would have been wounded and probably a lot more ill. And it probably wouldn't come out of my system for it until at least bloody Christmas 2025 or something like that. I was supposed to go on a, a, a trip with this person in 2024, but that's, that's all gone Pete Tongue. But, you know, healing is an amazing thing and, and for you to use just to kind of go, OK, I recognise that this is happening to me. This is how I feel. This I need to release. So if I feel sad, I'm releasing the sadness. Like I literally sit there going, get lost, fuck off sadness, just fuck off. And if I feel like I want to cry, I'm like, fuck off tears, I don't want to fucking cry. If I feel like I want to, um, you know, be angry, I'm like, fuck off anger, just go and fuck yourself. <laughs> I do. And it works, it works, it works, it works. Why? Because I do not want any emotion to be sat in my body, chewing away at any of my organs and making me ill. I've had enough of being ill. Nobody, nobody can get in the way of me not healing now to the point where I am now I know I'm going to get rid of the scarring in my lungs but that's another story so before I go I wanted to read you one of my poems I do write spoken word I write poetry I'm a rapper as you know I do podcasts I publicly speak uh, I'm, I'm writing books uh, well actually I haven't written it yet but you know I've planned it and so I'm, I'm a talented person so this one I wrote when I was chronically ill uh, I'm not I wouldn't say I'm chronically ill now the medical profession think I am but they can get, get lost as well so it's called chronically ill Okay, 
Yes, I did burp there. Why can't I burp? It's my podcast and I can burp if I want to. Don't, do you know what? The one thing I really hate myself for is that whenever I wrote this poetry, which is like note to self and next time I write poetry, I should write the dates on it. I don't know when I wrote this. I do know, I do kind of remember it was in the midst of my illness, right? It was, I was very, very bad at the point where um, I'd had enough. And these were the days where every night I'd go to sleep and say, do you know what? Why am I going to wake up in the morning? Whoever it is up there, whether you're a god or you're a, 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 a fairy or you're a consciousness or you whatever you are. Can you just make sure that I don't wake up in the morning? Please give my life to someone else because my life is being wasted. I just don't want to get up. I haven't got the himmat, which means I haven't got the strength to get up in the morning to rinse and repeat and do this all over again because my life is going nowhere. It was, everything hurt. Everything was so tiring. Everything was so black. Everything was just like... <sighs> It's called Cause Unknown, Cure Unknown. I'm sitting right here thinking what's wrong with me. The medical profession labelled it chronic HP. Seven years now I've been living in hell, knocking on every door, begging, pleading for help. Don't worry your pretty little head, one consultant said. You're going to die, but I can't tell you why. You're going to wind up dead. No known cause, no known cure. And I've put my life into those hands of yours. I'm just a number to you. You just ain't got a clue. Just following shitty protocol. That's all you can do. Listen, I'm human, bro. And here's what you need to know. I'm going to beat this shit. Going to get on with curing it. Stuff your poisonous medicine in your crappy medical kit. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. I know it's good. I know it's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know it's good. No need to tell me. So bottom line, what have I learned from wounded, slain by the sword? Well, I guess uh, any relationship, any friendship, um, which I'm still learning about, really, to be honest with you, it has to be a balanced relationship, really. Um, and it can't be just one person saying, right, then, Missy, we're going to do it like this. And then um, I've changed my mind. We're going to now now do this. And then, uh, no, hold on. We'll, we'll do it like this. And and no no I've changed my mind again gonna do it like this you just keep going with my flow Missy don't worry about what you think and what you feel and what you want it's all about how I want this to be because I want this to be my way because it benefits me and my life and the way I want my life to be so yeah that's a very unbalanced friendship and relationship Uh, so I think so I think bottom line what is really apparent to me is nobody but nobody has the right to control you or your life or your feelings or and and mould into someone else's wants and desires. You as a human have the right not to be controlled. So um, I think the big thing I've learned is uh, to quickly recognise that. um, Bless them for the experience. Be full of gratitude, love and kindness, uh, because I think that's the kind of person that I am. Always full of love and kindness. Never kind of really. I don't think I've ever manipulated anybody. I'm just I'm just a really nice human being. I have to blow my own trumpet here. I am. And I've never kind of really controlled anybody or told them how to be or what to do. And um, especially in friendships and relationships. But I've always been walked over. That I thought I, I had changed, but I obviously have not. So I've got a lot of work to do, but at least I've learnt a lesson and maybe this was another lesson for me to learn. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, just be very kind of mindful of uh, letting people walk all over you, I guess. And uh, and I, in a way, I could have been bitter and thought, you know what? Forget this. I'm never going to... Um, be someone's friend or be in a relationship again I will but I'll just be 
again, mindful if it's not working for me, then to walk the other way and not let that person um, control, call the shots every single time. You know, because I have wants, I have desires. I put a lot into whatever I put anything into. So it needs to be reciprocal, right? Not just uh, one-sided. And I guess don't stop being human. Don't stop being authentic. Don't stop being yourself. I am such a big hearted human and I always will be that. And if you screw me over, then that's your issue, not mine. Um, and that's not going to stop me being open. And uh, uh, Sorry about the dog in the background. <laughs> uh, open hearted and just myself because I love being me. Missy D 2.0 is an amazing human. And if you have got your issues, then you sort your own issues out. I'm not willing to take them on with you. Missy D.